This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Matt Splainers feature. Uh, each week we sit down with a reporter behind our latest cover story to find out how it came together and why it matters. I'm Features Editor Rob Thomas, filling in for podcast producer Natalie Yar. Today I'm here, in quotes, because we're both uh, socially distanced, with Cap Times arts writer Lindsay Christians. When COVID-19 closed theaters in Madison in mid-March, um, arts companies of all sizes had to postpone or cancel their seasons. Lindsay's story this week is about what that all means. How's it going, Lindsay? Hi, it's going really well. Good. So uh, I enjoyed... Uh, walking with the story every step of the way. Uh, and you've been writing uh, these daily stories about uh, what Overture has been doing, APT, and how everybody's responding kind of in the moment to the coronavirus. Um, why was this a good time to kind of step back and do this cover story? A couple of reasons, actually. So first of all, I feel like through the first few weeks of the the stay safer at home order and self-isolation, that there was really just a lot of unknowns and nobody really had any sense of how long it was going to last. Through the last couple of weeks, we've started to see not only impacts on summer arts, but also we started to see, you know, more contingency plans coming out, more people saying, okay, we do have a definitive plan. And we were starting to see more action from funders. So the Madison Community Foundation, Dane Arts, Arts Wisconsin, all starting to have more uh, webinars, really pushing out information about how arts organizations can apply for small business loans um, or, you know, sharing information and trying to come up with a bunch of different plans to potentially get get through this pandemic as long as it lasts. At the same time, too, I, I wanted to take a broader look at arts organizations and how they were responding to this pandemic because some of them, you know, like volunteer-run community theaters are going to have a little bit more flexibility, for example, than, say, the opera, which all already has contracts for this coming season and was ready to announce that when they had to cancel Orpheus in the Underworld, their final production in I should say, their final indoor production of uh, the 1920 season. So what common themes did you uh, get from the different people you talked to in these different organizations? And um, what things were different about the way they were responding? Sure. So I feel like everybody is stressed. And that's kind of a theme, uh, not only in the arts, but across a lot of industries. I also write about food and restaurants, and you're hearing similar kinds of stress from those folks, too. I will also say um, many people, like Roseanne Sheridan over at Children's Theater of Madison, said that she's working more hours in a day than she ever was before just on the number of Zoom calls that she's doing with other arts managers. And, you know, they're they're getting... They're getting together remotely, the Overture resident organizations. There are theater for young audiences groups that are getting together and sharing ideas and thoughts. And there are all kinds of ways that people are trying to share information. So I feel like there's this kind of simultaneous sense of like stress and overwhelm and not under, like not having a sense of what the future is even going to hold because we don't know what it's going to look like when we can all get back together or even when that will be. Um, the other thing that I was sort of amused to to hear 
is that some people are just, they're being really practical about it. Like they're taking walks, they're watching Netflix, just like the rest of us. And they're, they're trying to cope, I think in similar ways to everybody who's doing the safer at home thing. So is there, is there a common mood you think among these organizations or are they reacting, like you say, in different ways, the way the rest of us are? I mean, some people definitely sounded like they were in different stages of, you know, the pandemic emotional roller coaster, if that makes sense. Um, I know, like for myself, some days I'm like, this isn't so bad. Like, you know, I'm I'm doing yoga in my living room and I'm and it's fine. Like I, I'm, you know, I get to cook a long meal for myself or whatever. And then other days I'm like, I just need to get out of here. I feel crazy. So. I think that they're all in different places similarly to that. Um, there was one guy, uh, the Joe from the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra, Joe Lanus, who's the new executive director. I think he's the CEO. And he was like, this is great. Our industry needed a shakeup. Um, I love what the Berlin Phil is doing to get all kinds of online subscribers to their digital performances that they offer. He thinks this is going to be a great opportunity for the chamber orchestra to reach lots more people. And he's really optimistic about it. He's, I mean, everybody is nervous about what the future is going to hold, but the companies that have been able to pivot like canopy dance, doing all of its dance classes adapted for the living room and this kind of thing. Like you're, I'm hearing different things from different folks. I think because everybody's kind of got their own individual setup, whether it's like, yes, we have an endowment and we've got, you know, three to six months worth of reserves where we can keep people on and other folks that are like, well, we're volunteer run. So we're just going to see what we can do and try to be as flexible as we can. I'm, I'm optimistic based on what I've been hearing from folks. That's good. I mean, no two pandemic experiences are the same, I guess. And, you know, some people are having Zoom virtual happy hours every other day and other people are more burrowing. And uh, I, I assume that's also true of arts organizations. I, I wrote a story last week on a bunch of APT actors who are all stuck at home who um, did a movie versus via Zoom. Um, so I assume that, you know, technology, if people want to grab at it, can can start to kind of fill those spaces a little bit until they can actually get back together in person. Yeah. TalkToMeFilm.com. I watched it last Friday and it was delightful. Is it great? <laughs> I, I really liked it. Yeah. 15 minutes. And it. I, I think in your story, you said they did it in 27 days or something. And I thought. Yeah. From the first idea to final edit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. But there are things like that. Like I watched a Jason Robert Brown concert last night. There are things that are available to me that never were before. Like. I, I had a chance to go see Eclipse at Milwaukee Repertory Theater when it was actually playing there, but then they recorded that and they made it available for a little while where you could watch it. Um, I think there was a ticket price involved or some kind of donation, but Renaissance Theater Works did a similar thing in Milwaukee. I don't know of Madison Arts organizations that have like full-on theater productions that you can watch, but the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra is doing couchertos where it's like people flip playing from their backyards and their living rooms and it's a concerto on the couch. And, you know, Lynn Pilch, who's a friend of yours, is doing dance classes. And she said the nice thing about that is that she's able to dance with people she hasn't seen in, or danced with in years because they've moved away. But now that they're able to do the dances on Zoom, she gets to, quote unquote, see them like once or twice a week. Right. 
This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much of this carries over uh, back when uh, we're able to get back together and how much we'll be like, well, that was great, but let's never do that again and let's get in a, in a room together. Um, so, so once that does happen and whether it's, you know, who knows when um, people will be, get back together and be able to, these arts organizations, I mean, what will they need to be able to really rebound to back to where they were? I think it's an open question, and I think that's part of why, for example, American Players Theater has like seven contingency plans. Because, I mean, I I was I was you know chatting with a friend today about, oh gosh, won't it be nice when we can have a dinner party again? Like even just a small one, we would need to know that none of us is sick, and how can you know that you're not? sick, even if it's your friends. So I think there's a lot that has to happen before we can all come back together. And that's true for everything from arts organizations to restaurants and social gatherings. So I can imagine that some of the things that we're seeing, these these online components, these innovations that are coming because of the pandemic, I do think that some of them are going to stay at least for a while so that people can feel safe and still engage with the art. Because Catherine Smith at the opera was saying, I think people want what we have. You know, people want this art. They want to experience it. And if it's not safe to do it all in a big group at Concerts on the Square this summer, then we're going to be looking to find other ways to have those experiences, even if they're not exactly what they were before, at least not right away. Yeah. So if I'm a, a fan or a patron of a local arts organization, but I am still in that space where like, I mean, am I, am I, what's it going to be like, like what's the best way uh, for us to support them? And by us, I mean both as individuals and as like a community, a government, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a tough question, right? Like, I, I feel like every arts organization is gonna, never going to say no to a donation, right? Sure. The Madison, the Madison Community Foundation has set up a fund for non-essential organizations and services. Um, so they have funds that go to like healthcare and other things like that, but this would be for things like arts organizations. Um, I know that Dane Arts is trying to do a lot more. It's interesting. I feel like staying connected with the arts organizations that you care the most about um, through their social media, they will tell you like they are trying to connect with the people who who care about them and who love their work. Joe Lanus at the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra was really encouraged by the number of folks who tuned in for a recording that they streamed. So it was just for one night during what was supposed to be one of their Masterworks concerts. They couldn't do it because Overture was shut down. So they replayed a concert from December. And he said that there were a couple thousand people who tuned in and watched that. Yeah. And thinking about those opportunities to still sort of stay connected and to stay engaged with whatever the art is, I think we're going to see more opportunities to do that as the pandemic sort of spirals out. Well, I think it's it's a really interesting and 
ongoing subject. And I think your your cover story turned out really well. We were just laying it out a few minutes ago, actually, for print. Um, and one thing I want to ask about is um, the, there's a terrific cover photo if people check out um, either the online or especially the print version. Can you tell me about how that came about? Yeah. So that is a photo by our new photographer, Ruthie Haug. Um, and it is of the ghost light in the Bartell Theater's Drury stage, which is the upstairs. If you've been in the Bartell Theater, it is the larger upstairs theater. That ghost light is something that all theaters have, I think. I've not been to all theaters, but I think all theaters have it. And the the lore of the ghost light is that it's for the theater ghosts because many theaters are haunted. And practically it's probably so that you don't walk around in the dark and trip and die on a cord, but. And then haunt, and then haunt the theater. It's kind of a, and then haunt the theater. kind of a rejuvenating <laughs> system. Yeah. So, um, but the ghost light, I really love the image of the ghost light because it's the, it's the light that always stays on. I felt like the, the optimism amid the darkness is kind of what I was hearing from a lot of folks in our arts community. And I liked the ghost light as a symbol of that. And I don't know if I'm feeling sort of more sentimental these days stuck in my house, but uh, I, I really love the photo that Ruthie got. And I really do think it sort of shows that even though things are dark right now, that that light is still shining. There is still this energy and this desire to, to come together to hear stories, to experience things in the same room, and that we will get back to that someday. Yes, yes. Well, awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, the story we should that we should talk about? Yeah. So the thing that I want folks to know is online. There's a larger list of resources that I included with the story. There's it's sort of shortened for the print version, but. If you are looking to dance in your living room, check out Dance Fabulous. If you are looking to hear some orchestral music played by our our Wisconsin's own, you know, wonderful musicians, you know, check out the Wisconsin Chamber Orchestra page. So I included a lot of those links with the online version of the story just because I really do like follow Madison Opera and look at all the amazing cats and dogs that they are posting <laughs> from opera staff and from opera patrons and people who are involved with that organization. Like that, that makes my heart happy. We need cats and dogs. We need the arts. Um, and I just, I, I hope that people can find some things that will help tide them over during this time uh, when we can't get together in the theater. Well, great. Well, I, I, I again, I appreciate you doing this story and uh, it turned out great. I can't wait for people to read it uh, either at captimes.com or in print. So Lindsay, thanks so much for talking to me about it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with arts writer, Lindsay Christians. Tune in next week. Uh, Nally Yar will be back to talk with reporter Caitlin Farrell. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the Mad Splainers on Stitcher Premium. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, such as Lindsay's own food and drink podcast, The Corner Table, as well as Wedge Issues, which is all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.